drip through. I'm meeting my connection in a graveyard in Syracuse at one in the morning. It's not illegal, strictly speaking, but it's definitely questionable. I'm buying human remains. Hey man, you the guy I'm supposed to meet? That's me. Okay, here's the Bitcoin address. Okay. Done. Got it. Here you go. Keep the cooler. And just like that, he's gone. I don't know what I expected. Someone natty in a suit and tie, maybe, or a full trench coat and a hat casting their face in shadow. This is just a regular guy, in a hoodie and jeans. The cooler's a generous freebie. It's a nice, stylish, well-engineered, soft, lunchbox-style cooler, and the manufacturer sells it for more than $100 on their website, but judging from the amount I've just paid for the contents, he won't mind the loss. Inside the cooler is 30 grams, a little more than an ounce, of very old, very well-preserved human flesh. It's probably not what you're thinking. It's not a holy relic. The source of the flesh isn't famous. It's not evidence in a criminal case. It's a snack. Inside the cooler, the seller has thoughtfully included a wine pairing. In 1961, the Catafome Vineyard in Samavia quietly shuttered its doors and the owner disappeared. Catafome was small, but well regarded among wine enthusiasts. So the property was quickly procured by a much larger vintner in neighboring Greece and put to work making wine for them under a new label, using the grapes that had been growing there for centuries. Five years later, when digging a new well in the vineyard, the new vintner found something strange. Six feet deep, below what had been grapevine trellises, they found a large wooden cask in size somewhere between a hogshead and a modern sherry butt, around four feet tall, two feet in diameter. The cask had been completely encased in sealant, a combination of paraffin wax and beeswax, and marked with very old royal seal. Five strong men were needed to hoist it from the hole. It weighed nearly 800 pounds, and they could hear something sloshing around inside. I spoke to one of them. It was strange. It looked very old. Very, very old. So dirty, it was hard to tell what the wood was, but I think it was old. Iron hoops, not steel, no dowels, no nails, like a ship, and then the whole thing in wax. What did you do? Did you call the police? <laughs> no, we were too curious. We took off the barrel head as soon as we got it upright. What did you find? Very, very, very dark, like very thick liquid, almost black, smelling sweet and sour and spicy like honey and wine and pepper and perfume, and it smelled strong. It was crazy. Why was that crazy? Because of how old it was. The wine hadn't just dried up or leaked into the earth. Also, it didn't smell like shit. You can't keep wine very long unless you're careful. What happened next? Well, George took his little cup off his belt and dipped it in the barrel and drank some. Was it good? He finished the cup. He said it was very sweet, but very good, like a honeyed or a catsketelli. He went back for a second cup, and I was going to take some myself. Why didn't you? That was when the corpse floated up and the dead face stared at us. When Alexander the Great died in Babylon, his body was packed into a golden coffin filled to the brim with honey and kept there for two years before being transported back to Macedonia. And old Alexander wasn't the only one. A number of ancient cultures used honey for embalming. Ancient Assyrians, Egyptians, Babylonians, Persians, Byzantines, Burmese. Even King Edward I was treated with honey when he died in 1307. And now, we're ready to meet Li Shizhen. 
Li Shizhen was a Chinese doctor, scientist, and pharmacologist in the late 16th century. Over the course of three decades, he wrote his masterpiece, The Compendium of Materia Medica, containing nearly 2,000 entries for materials used in medicines of the time. In one of the 53 volumes comprising the work, Shizhen mentions a very unusual medicine. He calls it Mellified Man. You can Google that if you like. Here's what he says. In the Tonggu Empire, present-day Burma, septuagenarians sacrifice themselves to provide others with medicine. Once they have volunteered, they do not eat or drink anything except honey. They bathe in honey. After a month, the person will only excrete honey. Their sweat and feces and urine will be hot. Then they die. Doctors place their body in a tomb full of honey. The tomb is sealed, and on top of the tomb, the date of ensealment is written. A century later, the tomb is open. The flesh of the deceased is used as a medicine taken internally to treat all ailments from illness to broken bones. Only a minute portion of the medicine is required to immediately cure the complainant. Honey has a number of unusual qualities that makes it lend itself to embalming and preservation. It's high in acidity, there isn't very much water in it, it's naturally antibacterial. And these unusual qualities which make honey uniquely applicable to embalming are also true to a lesser extent of strong wines like agrappa or a redistilled Urkatsatelli. If you've never heard of Samavia, don't be ashamed. I hadn't either until I started doing research for this story. Samavia used to be Kavadia, a small monarchy in the Balkans. In 1913, as part of Bulgaria's offensive in the Second Balkan War, Kavadia was overthrown, their heads of state all executed or imprisoned, and their state archives burned. After the war, as part of a handshake deal, it was allowed to continue its existence under a new name as a small self-contained fiefdom within a larger empire. And we do mean small. It's less than a quarter of the size of Rhode Island. Unfortunately, all of the archives of the previous rule were lost. Through diligent research, we found other sources. This is hardly inarguable. Some of this is backed up by multiple sources, but some is not. Here's what we believe. As in many countries, each vineyard in Cavadia reserved their finest wines for consumption by gentry and royalty. The finest wine, the true cream of the crop, was redistilled and mixed with honey to make a kind of brandy. This was stored in oak barrels, like the one that was found in the old Califome vineyard. As in Li Shijian's account of the selection process in Burma, village elders in Cavadia would volunteer to become besotted, living in a small outbuilding on the vineyard property for just this purpose. For two weeks, they would consume nothing except the strange honey brandy, water, and meat from previous volunteers. They would even bathe using the liquid. After two weeks, the elder would be held under the surface of the barrel, which would both drown and marinate them. Hang a grapevine over my head, open my mouth and hold it wide and let the juice strip inside. I was horrified when I learned this, but it turns out this strange preparation isn't unheard of. In fact, the French recipe for ortolan bunting, a small and beautiful songbird, is prepared in a similar way today. And while doing research for this segment, I fell down a YouTube hole of watching famous chefs eat ortolan. Inhumane, certainly. Delicious? By all accounts, yes. Anyway, back to our drowned Cavadian septuagenarian. After drowning, the body was butchered. It was exsanguinated, that is, all the blood was removed. It was scalded and dehaired, as is done with pigs, so you don't get a hair on your tongue while you're eating. And it was eviscerated, so as not to taint the meat with any entrails. Finally, it was scored. 
When preparing meat, scoring is unusual, especially deep scoring. These days you see it with spiral cut ham almost exclusively, or ease in serving thin slices. Some recipes also mandate deep scoring duck, with cuts all the way down to the bone, which lets fat drip out during cooking. The Cavadians did it a little differently. They used a very sharp knife and cut through the skin and fat and meat down to the bone. They made these deep cuts in concentric horizontal rings about an inch apart to let the meat marinate more perfectly, you see. When you were bald and bloodless and gutted and sliced, they dropped you into the barrel, sealed you up, and buried you beneath the grapevines. Plant some grape seeds under my chin. Let the grapes grow over my lips so they can drip, drip, drip. It's likely that I'd never have even heard of this bizarre practice if I hadn't received a DM on Twitter pointing me to a site on the deep web. I had to fire up my Tor browser and navigate through a number of VPNs just to access the listing. These dark web marketplaces are full of drugs, sex, and strange things of all stripes. But you don't see a lot of cannibalism, and especially not with this kind of approval rating. It bore investigation, which is how I found the newspaper article about the Katafome vineyard. It was in a small Hungarian newspaper and it detailed how the workers found the barrel and called the police. The police came and took it away, and then after a little while they determined that they were unable to identify the deceased and cremated the corpse. There are two more news articles about barrels like this being found, one in 71 and one in 83. In both cases, the vineyards were under relatively new ownership, and neither had deep roots in Samavia, to say nothing of Cadavia. In both cases, the police searched, came up fruitless, and cremated the remains. According to Bulgarian records, there were eight vineyards in Kadavia in the early 19th century, but only three are listed in Samavian records after the Second Balkan War. Five vineyards unaccounted for, each likely hiding barrels, containing this mysterious and potent delicacy. At a conservative estimate, if each vineyard only had one volunteer every five years, and each barrel was aged for a hundred years, that's 20 barrels in various stages of aging per vineyard, times eight vineyards, that's 160. But again, that's just an estimate. There are no official records. The only references to it are in records from neighboring countries who occasionally received strange and rich gifts from Kavadian royalty, written about using archaic language, made even more incomprehensible when translated into English. Man medicine. Could that be what we're after? Maybe drunk grandfather is a slang term for a specific type of alcohol, but maybe not. In Bulgarian, the word for elderberry is literally fruit of the elder. And elderberry wine is just wine of the elder. It's hard to be sure. But we had to be sure. Urban legends have been built around less. So we sent a small tissue specimen to an independent lab for analysis. The results were as we'd hoped, but it was still surprising. The tissue was definitely human, and testing for recent preservatives and chemicals determined that the date of death was at least 70 years ago, and possibly up to 200. The honey and wine had effectively pickled it making further dating difficult without a sample of the barrel itself or the wax or the surrounding grave soil. Still, definitely human, certainly dead before World War II, and most likely before the Second Balkan War, certainly pickled in a honey liqueur. A secret is in the blending, and I cannot think of any other wine in which so much care is taken. All of that brings us here. I'm sitting in the studio, and the besotted man is sitting on a small paper plate in front of me, and the wine is in a red solo cup. Cadavian royalty would be mortified to see the serving dishes, no doubt, but that's what we had on hand. 
it doesn't it doesn't even it doesn't even look like meat really it was in saran wrap which I unwrapped and now it's in a little paper wrapper it looks like a petty four or a little brown gelatin cube without the lab results I don't think I believe it's the real thing okay <laughs> here we go this is the moment of truth oh oh my god oh it's really good it doesn't the the texture the texture isn't like meat it really is like gelatin or like Tur like Turkish delight has just been soaking and tenderizing so long. It's it's sweet and savory and sour. Oh, holy shit, that wine is amazing. My feet are tingling. <laughs> My lower back doesn't hurt. Holy shit, you guys, I feel amazing. I wonder if it really works. This is probably just endorphins, right? Or adrenaline, because I'm a cannibal now. I'm a cannibal. <laughs> that was like two shots of ancient wine. There's no way I should be this drunk. It was literally in an airline amaretto bottle. I forgot to tell you guys that when I said about the saran wrap, you can't get drunk on one airline amaretto bottle. But oh my god. <laughs> Inside!